presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Six podcast Friday championship Sunday edition. The four horsemen all in the house, guys. Good news, Pete Prisco has cleaned all the crap out of his ears, so hopefully he'll be able to hear us. We're going to get our picks for championship. That's Sunday. unfortunate, by the way. I got to hear you right now. That's too bad. Picks against hey, the spread. For hey, speaking championship of uh, speaking of Pete, we got uh, we got seven inches of snow here in North Carolina. That is two and a half full Priscos. <laughs> I love Will's been sitting on that joke all morning, and he yeah. it. it's still working. When he was out playing, was you out playing in the snow, Brinson? <laughs> yeah, I got like a, I got a full Prisco of snow in my boots. It was like an inch and a half. You know, you, you got to you respond, Pete. Or are you going to let that? Let I, that slide? Look, I'm not going there on a podcast. Sound, with like, like, if he wants to do that when we're in a room, it's a whole other story. I was. Give us the homogenized version, Pete. Nope. Uh, I'll I'll save that for when I see him at the Super Bowl on Friday. Oh wait, Saturday <laughs> or Sunday. Wow, how about how about how about how about Pete Frisco trying to um to be a little cautious here? That, that that's unlike Pete. I, I wonder why he's doing that. I'm always Frisco close. does sound like a unit of measurement though, doesn't it? Like inch, you yeah. know, centimeter, four Prisco yard. Frisco. It's too bad you didn't suffocate in that snow, Brinson. It's hard to suffocate in only one. In only, it, it's hard to suffocate in only two and a half Priscos. It, it would probably. Well, I think it would take what eleven or twelve Priscos for you to suffocate in snow. Even if like you fell down drunk, you'd have to be in at least twelve. I'd not when, 12 I, the first not when I took it. Not when I took a snowball, brought it inside, made ice, put it on the inside, and then wrapped the snow around it and hit him in the forehead. Then he would. Then he would suffocate. Was this before or after? What was that? The frozen lake. You never threw ice snowballs. Lock of four? I've thrown ice balls, but what do you mean to bringing it in the house part? You're like, ice, you make you sound like go bring the ice and you put the ideal gas theory. It it up, you bring it outside, sense. you put the other snow on top of it, and when it hits somebody, it hits them in the forehead. It, you know, it, it's, it's Wait, a lot are worse. You saying, are you saying that yes, he turns them into, in, into, into weapons of out of your way <laughs> to harden, to create a rock-like substance underneath the snowball with which yeah. to damage the other person's skull? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Literally, let's, let's, let's be clear about this. He's saying that he's taking a block of ice and throwing it at someone's head. Basically, what well, he covering is, it, putting the soft snow around it, it. to make it look like he's just having a snowball fight. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. exactly. I'm, I'm down kid. with I that. Never did I, that. See, I'm like, down no, with that. Go, but... You know what? Because this is now like the, the third or fourth time over the course of the season where Pete is basically admitted to murder and then backtracked by going, "Yeah, you know, I'm just kidding." You know. Three murders is basically admitting no. admitting three murders is basically admitting to being a serial killer. Oh, I just have all these I, plots in my head. You know, that even from when I was a kid, that was like a kid would pick on like my brother or something. And I'd have to hit him. Oh, but then know, we need to be careful though. We need to be careful. Murder is premeditated. I think we're looking more at man and beast slaughter. I think we're looking at manslaughter and beast slaughter because I don't he, think he just admitted it's it premeditated. He just admitted it's premeditated. So third, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know it's funny. I think how I can see like, Nick. I can see how fast his face lighting up every time I tell him a fake story like that because he starts believing it. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I do believe, believe that you killed that dog. That I no, yes. no. I would never. I would never. I would never hurt an animal or a person unless, By the way, unless what? Unless what, Pete? Unless they hurt me first. Oh, 
Sounds you like about, for murder. When you talk about premeditation, if you've been meditating on something for 40 years, eh, it's premeditated. I think that qualifies as premeditated. Like, I, 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 if you if you guys could bet right now, the guy that threw Pete in the lake, what are the chances are that he took a, a, a frozen ice ball of death to the forehead at some point? Now nah, we moved too soon after that. Otherwise, he might have. All right, so uh, so Jason Lockhand for our first place in our playoff picks contest. Pete, of course, lost the regular season. Could you repeat that? I'm sorry. I didn't, could you repeat that? I'm, I didn't quite hear what you said there, Nick. All right, so I will. Ready? Jason, it pains me to say. Jason Lockhand for right now. First place in our p- playoff picks. Easy for me to say. Playoff picks contest. JLC has got six. Myself and Pete Prisco with four. And Will Patagonia Brinson bringing up the rear at just Patagonia. one. Patagonia. No, today <laughs> it's the North Face. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, dude, you look like an Olympic reject from 1988 in that jacket. Like, what is that thing? This is an Olympic, um, it's Olympic, or it's, uh, North Face Olympic gear. Which, you know what that means? That means some PR guy sent it to him. No, I got a buddy who used to work for North Face that got, got it for me on a discount. Please, 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 send me, send me some swag. I'll tweet you, please, please. It's a, it's a North Face, it's a red, white, and blue jacket. It's America. Pete, that's where you're supposed to chime in and, uh, and support me. Okay, but, but you didn't, hey, just you guys, like, did you guys read Ginny Vrintz's piece on um on Bill Bill, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban? It was really good. No, I did not read it. Not, it was it was actually sure. very, it was actually very good. Did you did you retweet it and say that? No, I'm going to after. A, are you not going to tweet a compliment? You don't like tweeting compliments to people. You know what? I would have tweeted a compliment about that because I, it's a fascinating story and I've read all the books on the two guys, but I don't want to hear it from Nick, so I'm not going to retweet it. What do you mean you don't want to hear it? So you would give her a compliment and retweet the story, but you don't want to hear – I'm not saying I would retweet the story because I would give her a compliment. You're the retweeter. You're you're Johnny Retweet. And you know what? You're also Johnny Tag too. You've become the tag guy. Tag, you're it. I don't know. That was so stupid that it, it was funny, not because like the content's funny, but the way he said it was really No, because funny. Prisco said it. Do, Can do I you, ask a question? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Jason. Because uh, like Pete said, I mean, the, the relationship between those two is pretty well known. Does it break some new ground or something? Like... No, I mean, she talked to Saban and, and Belichick. It's actually pretty, like... Uh, it was good. It was good. They opened up you know, about each other. Well, and they talked about how they met, like at Steve Belichick's table, uh, or like dinner one night when they were he Saban was a coaching assistant. It, it got right. some details from like the Browns days. I mean, yeah, I mean it's like it's well known that they like each cool. other, but it was kind of yeah. cool. It is, it is, it's a fascinating story. And 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 look, they're great coaches, no doubt about it. But let let's admit this along the way, though, somewhere along the way, Steve Belichick has morphed into Vince Lombardi. <laughs> Seriously. Well, because of, because his son has won more rings than Vince Lombardi. If there were a Mount Rushmore of head coaching dads, would Steve Belichick be on it? No, but you know who who might be is your guy, Mike Tomlin. Right. His dad? That, that, was, that was, I don't know, Pete, that was a Pete's attempt at a segue. That's why Pete doesn't host Well, you, the you just said, you tweeted out a thing the other day. Oh, look, guys, look, he was, maybe there was some talk about him getting fired by a bunch of partners who are minority owners. That's well, not even true. All right. Well, whether it's true or not, it's good to see that some people have their heads on straight. That Tomlin's job should be discussed after after the disgrace last Sunday against the Jaguars. Pete, have you ever thrown anything off an overpass down into moving traffic on the highway? Hundred percent, yes. So well, right? Uh, Don't you think at some point it, it is... might not have been an anvil or something, but maybe like a penny or, or a rock or something? No, I, I can honestly say when I was a kid. I threw mud at a car when it was going by, and it 
and it went through the window and hit these guys, and they, they came out of the car, and I was like eight, and I ran into the woods and probably hid in the woods for about yeah, an hour. Do you want to hear a good story about throwing stuff at cars? I got one, too. You go first. All right, all you right, guys so, all did it, too. Don't act like no, you no, no, I threw eggs. Dude, we used to egg the, egg the heck out of cars. All right, so this was in, this was in, uh, the, it was in 2000, and me and three or four of my friends were down in Nags Head, and we decided, you know, in college, nothing to do. Uh, we sort of like, let's drive to Atlantic City. So we take off Jeez. north. Um, yeah, we're going to Atlantic City. We're going to spend the night playing some blackjack or something like that. So we take off north up Atlantic City. We're probably like an hour out of Nags Head. And this isn't like pretty red. You know, like north, northern, northern, northeast North Carolina is pretty red. And we're driving down the road, and we're in this old, like, I think it was like a 95, like, Ford Explorer, you know, the tan, boxy ones. And these two girls in this other car come driving by, and they lean out the window. And this is not a video podcast, but I'll believe it necessarily. They they shoot us double birds. They're like, bleep you, mother bleepers, bleep you, ah! Like, they're screaming, and we're like, what the hell? Like, why did these girls do this? What is going on? And like, we're like, we're sitting there dumbfounded for, like, 10 minutes driving along. They were doing like 70 or 80 miles an hour, just hauling ass past us. And we're like 10 minutes later, we're driving down the road. We're still confused about it. And we spot their car and they're turning left and they're like stopped. And my buddy Garrett, who's driving, picks up his 64 ounce Mountain Dew and he whips it. And every drop, every piece of ice, I will never forget seeing it as long as I live, goes out of the window, and he doesn't, not a drop misses the window. Their window is down, and they, they turn, and they make this face, and every single bit of that Mountain Dew just goes into the car, just fills the entire car, and we peel off oh driving towards Atlantic City. It was amazing. And you guys were just kept hauling down the road. Just like kept hauling. And these girls just sitting there, dinged with ice, covered in sticky well, mountain. They didn't want to get any on their blue blood clothes in their daddy's BMW <laughs> on their way to the beach. <laughs> It didn't take long. Yeah. It was All right, and, uh, and it also didn't take long for the Steelers to part ways with Mike Todd, with Todd Haley as we transition to football. So, uh, so Jason, uh, Todd Haley out, contract not, not renewed. It was, it was a really good story, actually. I'll give you credit for that. Randy Feekner uh, is uh, spelled phonetically Fickner, but it is pronounced Feekner, the quarterback's coach who played mediator between uh, Haley and Roethlisberger during the season. Jason is the new Pittsburgh offensive coordinator. Tell us about it. Well, I mean, this is a case of, uh, you know, ben, look, Ben's, a, 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 in my estimation, certainly, and I think most people's, a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's pretty strong-willed. He's not the easiest guy in the world to coach. He's been with Todd for a long time now. I mean, that lasted, I mean, what, over five years, right? It's probably been at least, maybe even longer. Has he been there seven years? Oh, yeah, you know, he's been there since 2012, I think, right? Right? Five, take- yeah, I mean, it's been a while. No, because yeah, no, no, remember, it was 2012 because Arians was um, interim coach for – or no, was Chuck right. hired in 2013? Yeah, it may have even been before – was it before the 12th season? I think it was 2011. Yeah, no, he's, he's been the OC with the Steelers since, uh, since 2012. 12, yeah. So uh, that's a good long run. I mean, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, six, six seasons. Um, that had sort of run its course. Uh you know, Ben had been kind of throwing him under the bus a little bit with some of the comments about play calling, and they didn't call in two plays, like in the New England thing. Oh, one of, you know, they never told me to spike the ball. Well, no, one of the plays they sent in was spike the ball, but okay, whatever. Um, and, you know, he wanted Feekner to come out uh, from the press box and be down on the sidelines during games. That went down in, like, 
late October or November, and he kind of served as a buffer. Um, so yeah, it, that 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 was pretty much over, and, and they wanted to stay within. And Ben has a relationship with this guy. He hasn't called plays before, um, you know. So we'll see where that goes. But obviously, he's got a lot of weapons at his disposal. And uh, I, I I suspect there's that Todd ends up in Cleveland. That there's a very legitimate shot there. I know they've talked to McAdoo and Malarkey, but I hear they want to talk to him as well. What about and the Jets, JLC, for Haley? What about the I Jets? Who I don't just hear that one. I, I don't I don't hear that one. The other one I hear for Haley depending on the timing with Cleveland and if he wants to wait, is possibly Minnesota once Shermer goes to the Giants. Hmm. Um, I have a question about Haley. Todd Haley was OC for the Steelers longer than Bruce Arians was OC for the Steelers. It's wild. Wild stat. Um, Well, let's not forget that Bruce Arians got fired too. Yeah, well, no, he, got, he got pushed out. He got pushed Roethlis- out, which is even worse. But Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, this is the same thing. Arians retired and Haley was not renewed. I mean, whatever. They, you didn't, you got fired. Here's what's stunning to me about Haley. You would think that after everything this guy's gone through in his career, whether it was in Kansas City or otherwise, like the, like the obviously the book on him has been doesn't play well in the sandbox with others. Like, why, if you're Todd Haley, do you clash with the franchise quarterback? Like, it's a fight that you cannot win. Well, I don't think it's a fight. It's not a fight that he propagated. I mean, he's not the one who goes on the radio in Pittsburgh every Tuesday and throws barbs. You know what I mean? He's not the one who said, "Let me try to talk to like let let me let me talk to Landry Jones and let Landry Jones relay things to Ben." Like it's coming from the other end. I mean, he's not the diva. Like let's just be real. I mean, like he, he never said boo. He never lashed out. Find me one. Find me one clip. Of him freaking out on a player. Yeah, but the way, behind like, the Bill scenes, I'm sure there was more guys. to it, Jason. Come on. I, don't, I, I do tend to agree with Jason that. Dude, the whole thing on Haley is he's a hothead. Just show him, and he can't control himself, and he's he, he gets overly emotional on the sidelines. The dude was there for half a dozen seasons. Just tell me the blow-up. Like, so, tell me there's find me one. There's three Hall of Fame quarterbacks that were drafted in the 2004 draft class. Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. Well, there's four, actually. Can you name the other? J.P. Lozman. Lozman, but yeah. Like, like, um, like, like John Mara, J.P. Lozman. Well, you called him a Hall of Fame quarterback, whatever you want to. Oh, you said three out of the four of the Hall of Fame? Okay. No, I said fair three enough. Hall of Fame quarterbacks that were drafted. All oh, right, fair enough. Yes, J.P. Lozman. So anyway, the point being is that two of those three guys don't spend their free time doing radio hits and lobbying their coaches and teammates under the bus. Now, if something gets really intense, they'll do it. But has anybody ever created and manifested uh, more dr- unnecessary drama? Oh, drama. Yeah, he, he, he motivates himself. Off. And it's fine. And everybody there gets it. But he's – I mean, look, the Arians got run out of there because he was too close to the quarterback, and he protected the quarterback on everything, and they felt like – if we're going to take this thing to another level, he needs to be challenged differently, which led them to Haley and everything. Look, six years in the NFL is a long time. It didn't run its course. But, like, if there's somebody out there who thinks Ben is, like, real easy to manage, then they haven't spent a lot of time in that building. So does this – does Ben get – I mean, because Ben said – he's like, I'm not in charge of hiring and firing coaches. Like, yeah, yeah, sure you are. Uh, does he get uh, – to get say-so and who the next – OC is. I mean, does that does that matter? How's that how's that going to work well, out? I mean, he has a, he's it's well known in that building that Randy's his guy, and he's going to bat. He's let people know that he thinks Randy could do the job, and it, you know it doesn't matter that he hasn't called plays before. Like that's that dynamic is lost on no one there. Okay. Well, I mean, what it's about not what? exactly a hard offense to coordinate, is it? I mean, come on. Yes, yes. I mean, there's a lot yes, of yes, it's like it's like the Tech Mobile playbook. 
runs to Le'Veon Bell, passes to Antonio Brown, Juju, and Martavis Bryant. Like, how difficult is this, right? Yeah. Although they come out and, and they're in three and they're in spread against Jacksonville the first three plays. I didn't like empty. They went empty, run. empty, empty to start the game. I didn't like it. The fourth down calls were, were obviously were obviously awful. So here's the it other. It wasn't a good the, game for them. It just wasn't Aaron, from a strategic. They still thing. scored forty two freaking points though. Let's just remember that they scored forty two points at home and lost yes. to Blake Bortles. Ty Haley's not the reason they lost that game. Yeah. The other piece of the Steelers news is uh, is the Mike Munchak part of it. So, Jason, Mike Munchak declines a second interview with Arizona. He wants to stay in Pittsburgh as the all-line coach. To me, the Munchak part is part is like the, the inconsequential part of this. What the hell are the Arizona Cardinals going to do as far as their head coaching vacancy now? Because because if you as you've reported, the Colts are going to hire McDaniels, Lions are going to hire Patricia, the Giants are going to hire Shermer. Now it's yeah. basically just up to the Titans and the Cardinals. What about Arizona? Look, had Munchak decided to get on that plane and fly out there, and and had he had another good interaction with Michael Bidwell, they were going to offer him that job. Um, that's obviously not going to materialize now. Wow. That, that that's a that situation out there. There's a lot of people looking at it, saying, "Man, what's the easy road to getting a quarterback?" You know what I mean? And if that's not there, and if I'm playing with a bridge quarterback because we're drafting one in the twenties or whatever or the teens, then am I going to make it to? actually the end of that bridge where the new quarterback takes over, you know, it, it there's a lot of circles closing there. I mean, Larry, not like that job is one that guys are falling all over themselves to get. Now, they, they, DeFilippo's still out there. You've got younger guys like on the defensive side of the ball, like Flores and Wilkes, who they've interviewed, who, who they could end up hiring at, at some point. I mean, again, with Flores, he's still in the in the playoffs, so that couldn't happen until New England season's over. You know, could they talk to Wilkes again and settle and and, and decide it's him? Um, yeah, I mean, and look, I'm not hiring DeFilippo as my head coach because I can get him as Wilkes' offensive coordinator in all likelihood. Like, I'd rather go get a defensive-minded coach and that sort of leader of men. And if he brings, if he's attached to an off a, a, a someone considered a bright offensive guy who's done some decent things with quarterbacks, excuse me, then I'd rather get the best of both worlds rather than have a potentially overwhelmed coordinator now as a first-time head coach, too. Uh, so we'll see, man. We'll, we'll, what, about Rabel? See what about Vrabel? Is Vrabel going to get the Tennessee job? I, I think I, I think Vrabel's going to have a legitimate shot in Tennessee. I think Jim Schwartz, if they want to wait for him, then depend. Look, they may only, he might be done on Sunday. Who knows? But I, I would think they'd want to talk to him as well, considering the work he did for that very organization um, not all that long ago. Um, they'll talk to Wilkes as well. I mean, the thing with LaFleur, I think, is more for him to become an offensive coordinator there. I, I suspect he's not the head coach, because that's another one. If McVeigh's willing to let him go for a lateral move, that includes play calling, which he, I'm told he is, because let's face it, McVeigh's not going to stop calling the plays in, in L.A. anytime soon. Then I go interview him under the auspices of – I think it's smart what Robinson, John Robinson, the GM's doing. Interview him under the auspices of a head coaching job, and if you click, you talk to the other candidates who you might actually hire as a D coordinator saying, hey, we really would like for you to consider this guy, LaFleur, and we think he'd do some good stuff with Mariota. So um, is it odd – it's weird to me that Munchak turned it down, turned down the Arizona job, but – Todd Haley turned down the Arizona job in 2013. He did the exact same thing that, that happened with the – it's a Pittsburgh coach who was about to get a second interview and declined to go out there. Pete, do you 
Where, if you were putting odds on who ends up in Arizona right now, and I mean, I think I know this on the last show, but I mean, like they they took their time hiring Bruce Arians in 2013, and they didn't have a quarterback in 2013, and they did fine. Who would you who would you say is the or your top odds on favorites to land in Arizona, Pete? I you keep hearing Brian Flores' name, and yeah, I I I mentioned somebody to talk to somebody out there last week, and I said or late this week, and I said. What are you, what are you guys looking for? And they said a leader of men. And, and that means that doesn't necessarily have to be a guy who's been a coordinator before. Mm. And so, so, yeah. So I think but, here's where the trouble is, Pete. And like, and I know you love Steve Kime, but I think if you're a Cardinals fan right now, like you got to be concerned. Like the Rams aren't going anywhere. The 49ers yep. are on the upswing now with Garoppolo. The Seahawks yep. are reloading and you would imagine that, that they'll be at, at worst the same that they were next year that they were this they year, right? Be a and 500 team, I mean, at least. You'd think and worse, the Seahawks are going to be 500. The Cardinals don't have to be worse than 500. Probably not. Okay, 7 and 9 at worst. Unless, if Russell Wilson stays healthy, they're not going worse than 7 and 9. The Cardinals, Pete, and I know, like, and this is why I want to give you the opportunity to respond, because I know you love Kime, and Kime's done a nice job. It feels like, viewing this from the outside, like the Cardinals could be a little bit screwed here for next year. Mm. Well, I think they're in a rebuild. There's no doubt. I mean, clearly you got to get quarterback situation that's in flux. Um, you got, you know, but they do have talent on defense and there's a lot of good young talent on defense. So, you know, if you hired a guy like Brian Flores and he came in there and he hired a good coordinator, you know, DeFilippo hasn't called plays either. You know, everybody he keeps one year him up. He hasn't called plays. So well. He hasn't been no, coordinated. I'm not a huge DeFilippo guy. He called one year in Cleveland. He called plays for, and I don't think it was a full season, part of a year in Cleveland, but that's it. Yeah, well, he's never been really the true coordinator, if you know what I mean. I mean, that matters. Yeah, I agree. If you're, I if, agree. unless you hire a guy, job. look, Tomlin got the Steelers job and he wasn't a coordinator for what, one year maybe? One wasn't year it? Yeah, in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yep. And what, remember when Mike McCarthy got the job in Green Bay? Everybody killed he him. He was one year offense. as the Niners offensive coordinator. They were the yeah. worst offense in the league. Yeah. Right. So, so. So look, if you hire the right guy and he hires the right people, that's the problem. The problem is these young coaches, you know what they do? They hire all their friends, and then they have to fire all their friends, and then they have to yeah. start all over again. You know what I hated? I did not like the Jets firing John uh, John Morton. I thought John Morton did an excellent job with, with the pieces that he had. And so they fight because these philosophical differences with Todd Haley, like, or with, excuse me, with Todd Bowles. Like, two grown men making tons of money. Like, put your differences aside. Like, John Morton did a great job with like you gotta Josh remember though, like he did it, like that was a good offense last year. I, mean, like, I, I, I don't yeah, get that. Right. Look, how Jason, did they end up with Josh, Josh McCown and freaking Elijah McGuire Josh, and Robbie Peterson? He didn't make like Josh, dude. Josh McCown finally stayed healthy and like he he's a capable quarterback. Even at this age, he's a capable quarterback. He's never been good before the first season of his career at age thirty-seven. Morton did a nice job. Look, Morton was not bad, but Come Morton on. was like their twelfth choice for that job. Just go back. And see how you talk about people pulling out of the Arizona situation. Go look at how many people either could not get permission to interview for that job, or flat out ran to ran from the hills. You know, ran away from it. Like so, that's how they ended up with Morton. I mean, it literally was by default, by default, by default, by default, by default, like eight times over. So the commitment level there was always like, we think we can do better than this guy, and it didn't happen this past off season, and we're not winning a Super Bowl this year anyway. But that doesn't mean we're not going to stop trying to get better on our staff. Now, we'll see who this leads them to. We'll, we'll see who they end up hiring. I know they really want to get Brian Callahan out of Detroit. We'll see how that works. He's been Jim Bob Cooter's right-hand man. They feel like he's somebody who can help them develop a quarterback. Um, you know, Bill Callahan's son. So we'll, we'll see. You know, last year Detroit wouldn't let him go. Um, if it's a Bruin job that entails play calling, maybe they would. 
Gruden should have waited because he wanted John Morton, and then he ended up hiring Greg Olson. I would much rather have John Morton than Greg Olson, but I mean, Gruden's going to call the plays anyway here. Pete, what do you think about the John Morton deal with the Jets? Yeah, I thought he did an actually pretty good job. I mean, uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I, we talked about it during the season, Nick. We were sitting there. We said he did a good job with that offense. But again, if the two coaches don't get along and there's, you know, infighting, backstabbing, it's just not going to work. And I'm sure that's what happened. I'm sure John Morton was going to his guys saying, look, this guy's an idiot. I won't let me do this. He won't let me do that. And then you got factions in the locker room. That's never a good look. So, uh, look, you give him credit for get him out of there and getting the guy in there that he wants in there. By, by the way, just real quickly, to circle back on Arizona, um, today is January 18th, Thursday, right, as we're recording this. Uh, five years ago, uh, today is when the Cardinals hired Bruce Arians. So it wasn't a quick search then. They were the runners-up um, to for Arians, who was going to go to Chicago, but the Bears decided they had to have Tressman. And I, and I just – I figured I'd Google, like, this is not one of us. I know I know the guy who wrote it, but I'm just – it's it's an SB Nation article um, ranking the head coaching – the head coaching hires from 2013. I think it's fun to look back and do this. Number one, Andy Reid. No brainer. I give you that. Number two, Chip Kelly. Number three, Mark Tressman. Four, Gus Bradley. Five, Mike McCoy. Six, Doug Marone. Seven, Rob Chazinski. And eight, Bruce Arians. Whoops. What a trip down to Rob Chazinski. Read that list again, though. I mean, that is. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Andy Reid was a great hire, but as soon as he got fired from Philly, he was like, Somebody's going to jump on Andy Reid. Yeah. He got the um, job in, in, within less than a week. He was hired by the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, that thing was. Yeah, done. and he had interest yeah, in every, everybody was interested in him. Um, Chip Kelly actually did well in Philly until he flamed out for one just, year. What's that? Well, he had too much he did personnel. Well, for one year. Hey, he I, still think, he I still think. I still think he can coach it. I still think he can coach it. I do. Mark Tresman, Gus Bradley was a is a is I a. I mean, let's just be real. Let's just be real. Okay, Andy Reid's been good. Chip Kelly, I mean, when when you get kicked out of the building in December and the owner comes out publicly and says you lack emotional intelligence, like <laughs> that was a disaster. Okay, that's a disaster. Gus Bradley was the next one. Uh, Mark Tressman was the next one. Mark Tressman was a complete and utter disaster. Of course. Gus, Gus Bradley, Bradley was a utter that's a complete disaster. A, he won like eleven games, game, in three but he was years. a disaster. He was a disaster. Next one. Mike McCoy, disaster. That was pretty much a disaster, right? That's the last yes, guy to lose to the freaking Cleveland Browns. No, I don't think we can call Mike McCoy as a disaster. Oh, they have tons of injuries. McCoy, they make the it wasn't average. It was it was it was average with all those injuries. It wasn't a disaster. You're crazy. Okay, so Mike come McCoy up with the a, adjective. What's no, Gus disaster. Mike McCoy was ten games under five hundred, made the playoffs in his first season, lost to the Broncos, and then finished third, fourth, and fourth in the AFC West. It was an unmitigated disaster. No, uh, no, I would no, no, on no, that no, one. No, maybe Bradley it's not quite a disaster, but it's disaster. it's not. It wasn't average, bro. It was below average. There's ten they games below average. They had tons of injuries. I, I didn't think it's football, I mean, man. It's football. Yeah. Okay. Right, who's the next guy? Okay, we'll say we'll say. I'll say close, okay, below average, close to a disaster. We'll say, we'll say uh, level. Not quite a disaster. Uh, what, what, uh, what's an eight on the Richter scale? Eight on the Richter scale. So it's just right, mild what, pandemonium and what destruction. Else? What's Not, the next guy? Marone and Buffalo. Who's actually good in Buffalo? It's kind of a disaster when a guy takes a $4 million buyout he to quit. go to somebody else's offensive line coach. Yeah, but that's, that's on them. That's a disaster. But that's you disaster. gave him the out. Put that language in the thing. Dude, they thought they had Bill Bellick. Remember, they thought that was a disaster, dude. They thought they had Polian, and then Polian found out from Canton that no, we're not restarting your clock for the Hall of Fame. So then he went back to ESPN and said, no, I'm going to stay here. And then <laughs> Buffalo was scrambling, right? He wanted to keep Marone, and then they tried to get Frank Reich. And then they ended up with Rex Ryan and freaking 
Doug Whaley. It was a dude. Yeah. That's a disaster. Is that when they hired Doug Whaley? No, no they hired Whaley. Rex. No, Whaley, Whaley was, was there, that, but that's when they Buddy pushed Nicks. Buddy Nix out for good. They gave Whaley all the personnel power, and they hired Rex Ryan for five million a year. That's yeah. a disaster. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying it ended up well. My point was that. Marone, I thought that Marone did the Marone's like, look, I'm gonna do the D move and take my cash and get out of here before this goes really south. He went nine and seven in his last year, and I think he's proven himself in, in year one. But for the Bills, when you hire that guy, you don't think two years later this bro's gonna take the money and leave. No, and they hired him you know what I mean? Okay. Like when you hire a guy, you're you're hoping he's gonna fulfill his contract and then get another one. He okay. was there what? Three was it even three seasons? The hire itself, too. The hire itself was an unmitigated disaster. disaster. Right. Doug Marone did not do a bad job. All right, let's get to the picks. Rob What's Jizinski, the next one? Wait, wait, wait. Who else is hired in one year. Yeah, Chud was a good that's – that's an unmitigated disaster. But it's Cleveland, so maybe you, you give him – but he actually won games in Cleveland. So by Cleveland standards – Every coach in Cleveland's a disaster lately. By Cleveland oh. standards, they should build a statue to him. <laughs> right. right. Who's next? You uh, – Arians is the eighth coach hired there. So, so six of the eight were a complete disaster. Yes, or, or barely not a disaster. Wow, how about that? All right, so we like that article. Um, speaking of unmitigated disasters, let's get to our picks coming up for Championship Sunday. Once again, to reset, JLC in first place, six points. Myself and Pete have four. Will, it's almost like Will. This is like an anchor man, like when Baxter eats the wheel of cheese. Like, I'm not even mad at you. It's kind of amazing that you have one point in eight games of the postseason. I feel sorry for you. Yeah, it's Being of unmitigated disasters, Will should have to go first. But, but Brinson, how do you go one and how do you go one and seven when you're listed at three and five on our site? That's All what right, I want. No, 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 this just bogs it down. Like, who cares about what's on the site? This I the, do. The Shut up, you. This is no one. No I'm one. Gonna, I am. I'm going to throw a snowball. No I'm going to throw an ice ball at your face. Well, uh, do you want me to explain? Do you explain to you? Do you explain to you what happened? Yeah. Okay. So, no, I'm going to tell you really quickly. I had the Jaguars against the spread and straight up when I sent in my picks originally, and I didn't realize it until late. Uh, and I was like, eh, whatever, I'll just go with it. Um, didn't, it was too late to change it. And then we went by, we went plus five for the Saints on here. Oh, that's right. That's right. Five and a half. So that's my two. Okay. Great. Good. Ten seconds. Hey, Pete. Yes. Pete, stay in your lane. It's almost the one year anniversary of stay in your lane. Just remember, <laughs> stay in your lane. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe we'll get there in time for this week. This week. <laughs> Save the stay in your lane memorial dinner till what? Thursday? When do you get in, Brinson? Friday at midnight? When do you finally get out there? <laughs> Sunday, 10 a.m. You on the red eye out Friday night into Saturday morning? Yeah, just throw it my back. I'm parachuting into uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. Hashtag the party thing. I'm part of. I'm part of. What was, what was the phrase again, Nick? The party thing. Stay in your lane. The party thing. Stay in your lane. The party. Oh. Okay, so picks for championship Sunday here. These count for three points apiece. Let's start with the AFC championship game, which is a game that you can watch. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said these games count for three points apiece. Correct. It's championship Sunday. Why? Though. Five points apiece. Because we freaking said so. That's why. Because it's championship Sunday. Each round should count the same. Wait a minute. Then they should have counted more last round. All right, so Championship Sunday. Start with the AFC Championship game. Jim Nance and Tony Romo on CBS. Can't wait for it. Catch JLC on the NFL Today before the game coming up on tune, Sunday. Tune in. Tune in what, to the NFL Today. What did I say? Catch. Catch. What's the, what is the freaking difference? They won't tune in. They like tune in. Tune right, in to the tune NFL in. Today. Tune in to the NFL Today. I didn't know what if that's what CBS, what CBS gets. What time will you be on television, Jason? Uh, we're, we're off from 2 to 3. Kickoff at 3.05. 
Tune in. The NFL today at 2 p.m. Eastern time. All right, ready? Tune in. 2 p.m. Eastern, CBS. It's the NFL today with Jason Lockhand, four and company, leading up to kickoff of the Patriots and Jaguars for the AFC title. 3.05 p.m. Eastern, the great Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call on CBS, America's most watched network. The spread of this game, the Patriots, eight and a half point home favorites. Jason Lockhand, Fora, you are first in the challenge, so you get to pick first. I feel first. like I should be able to go last. I feel no, like I should be able to pick where I go, but... I, I, I go last. Patriots and Jaguars, go ahead. Uh, I'm riding with New England here. I, I I see the Jags giving up a lot of points. They gave up a lot of points last week. I don't think they can frenet them to death and win the game. And I don't think Bortles could open it up and not lose the game. I know it's a lot of points, but I'm I'm smelling 35-21, something like that. Uh, look, you got the you the come on, I mean it's Belichick, it's Brady. And it's Bortles. Give me, give me New England. Give me the nine or eight and a half or whatever it is. I, I, look, they're going to keep it close. Their defense is that good. Uh, he gets jumpy when he gets hit. He starts doing his little ghost seeing. Uh, I think they'll make him see ghosts. They'll still win the game, the Patriots, because that's who they are. They'll find a way. They're going to the Super Bowl. They're going to win it all. But they're not going to cover this number. Give me the Jaguars plus the points. I'm going to take the points, and I'm looking at some defenses. You have the Denver Broncos from 2015, number one DVOA, ranked top in the league in terms of points and yards allowed. They beat up on Brady. You got the 08 Ravens, same deal in DVOA, same deal in yards and points. They beat up on Brady in New England, no less. And the 09 Jets, top in DVOA, right up there, points and yards. They beat up on Brady, and they beat him in New England. And now... The 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars are going into New England, and they're beating the Patriots. Give me the points and the win outright by Jacksonville. Okay, all right, hold on. Wow. So Will Brinson, hold, wait. So Will Brinson Listen likes to, to play the game. Make make someone say, look in the mirror and repeat that claim again. Will, we're going to give you the floor here. I want you to say the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to beat the New England Patriots. Say it and believe it. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortles are going to beat the New England Patriots and Tom Brady on Sunday in the AFC Championship game on CBS Sports, which you can also stream on CBS Sports All Access with your free seven-day trial before you watch Jason Lock and Four and tune into the NFL today more. The Jacksonville Jaguars are winning. Right, would so would it Brent, shock you to see them win, Nick? Yes. Yes. Really? Shock, stunned beyond belief. Beyond belief if they won this game. And I'm I'm with Jason. I can't believe you two clowns, you surface-level morons, are taking the Jaguars. We'll take them to win. Guys, guys, are you unfamiliar with, with Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady? And really, Have and you watched football the last 15 years? I didn't take them to win. All right, wait. So can I finish my pick here? So the, what the Patriots are going to do, they're not going to do what Pittsburgh did, right? They ain't coming out and empty. They're going to pound the rock with Deion Lewis. Gillisley will probably be active. Rex Burkhead, maybe a little Brandon Bolden action as well. They're going to get yep. it into third and shorts. They're going to spread the field, neutralize that pass rush. They're going to put up 30-plus points, and there ain't no way. Leonard Fournette's not fully healthy. Jacksonville can't win this game unless Fournette's 100%. It's kind of a bummer in that in that respect. <laughs> New England's going to win this game by 10 points. That stupid horn at Foxborough is going to be going off the entire fourth quarter. New England wins. New England covers. Ho-hum. Here we go again. Patriots back in the Super Bowl. NFC Championship game now. Jason, we begin with you. The Minnesota Vikings, Case Keenum and company, three-point road favorites against Nikki Foles and the Eagles. Wait, did we do this at 3-5, though? We're going with three? 
Three, three five. Can't do the three. Why don't we go two five? Why does it got to be three, three, five. three five. Why don't we go two five? Huh? It's five. still three Listen, five. We got we got numb nuts over here who's won once in the last six weeks picking games, making the rules. Um, is I think the line is three. Isn't that the line right now? But he he wants he to move it to three and a half for strategic purposes. Guys, I'll tell you what. If we're doing three and a half, I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, t- well, I mean, if why we don't do- we do two and a half? Why has it got to be three and a half? Because we do two and a half, I'm taking the Vikings. Exactly. That's why I want to take the Vikings. Well, then make it three. Fine. We're going to have a it's bunch three. of pushes. Three. All right. Just leave it at three? Yeah. I'm taking the Minnesota football Vikings. Uh, I don't think you can RPO these guys to death. Like, I know they hung in there in a game where the other team only scored ten points last week because – you know, they ran a college offense in the second half. But I, I, I don't think that's going to work on Mike Zimmer. Um, I don't think it's going to work on this group of players in Minnesota. And I'm just not really buying. I'm just not really buying Nick Foles. And and even the, the skill position guys there, I, you know, I mean, he's going to take away the tight end. And I don't know that Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey are going to get it done. But I do think the Eagles are going to have their hands full with Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph. Um Dude, there's something going on with Minnesota. You know, like it's uh, sometimes it's not really about football too. It's just about look at what your eyes are seeing. Like they're they're they got a little bit of a mojo going on. The freaking Super Bowl is in their hometown. Like, what more motivation could they need? And it's a hobbled Eagles team. If it's an Eagles team at at all systems go with Carson Wentz, maybe they steamroll them. But I think it's I think Minnesota's got a destiny thing going on. And I think the week we spend in Minnesota will be more fun and more memorable than most Super Bowl weeks because the home team's going to be in the damn game. I like the Vikings, too. Look, Nick Foles, you mentioned the RPOs. They schemed things up for him last week and made it easy. I don't think the Vikings are going to fall victim to that. And when he had to make throws that weren't RPOs, he struggled. And so for me, I, I, I take the Vikings. I don't love the pick, but I'll, I'll lean to the Vikings. Will? Did we lose I will go. Sorry, I had to go cut off my fire up here in the office. It got a little toasty. I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles to win. And I want you, dear listener, to jump on board the money line parlay of the Jaguars and the Eagles. I, I like the balls of Brinson here to make this call. I like it. I don't agree, but I do like it well. Dude, too many people. If that's uh, the Super Bowl, if it's the Brinson Super Bowl, that's going to be rough. I mean, I'm glad we don't. I'm glad if that's the, yeah, I'm but glad CBS doesn't have that game. Not coming until Thursday because you see the method to that madness, though, don't you, Nick? See, look, I picked the Jaguars. Look at me. I tweeted all out all over the place. That's, that's like what that is. That's like literally your thing, Pete. No, that's you, you man. The Jaguars. That's you. You pick. You're picking the underdog to win outright, so you get so, a lot of so, 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 so just to be clear, Pete is accusing Will of picking both underdogs solely so Will can get use it as clickbait. Are, clickbait. are we accurate on that? Yeah. Correct. The only guy talking more trash and feeling his oats Sunday more than Jalen Ramsey was Prisco. Prisco had the, had the Jags muscles flexed. How about those texts, gentlemen? Oh, my goodness. You oh, we'll keep it in house, but my yeah. gosh! How the heck wow. would you know? You had about was he writing? Was, was Jalen Ramsey writing your material for you, Prisco? <laughs> was he writing your material and you were just parroting it? Jason, you, there's not a chance in hell you remember three things I said on Sunday. <laughs> None, zero. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, That's not the point. All right, so <laughs> I remember. Right, so. I remember Costa saying it's the best one we ever did. It's the best one. 
So it was really good. Must have been I, all it right. was good. It was a good podcast. Look, look the, the logic, I'm not picking the Jaguars for clickbait. I'm picking the Jaguars because they fit the profile of teams that have been able to beat the Patriots over the past decade. You supported it's, it well, Will. You supported your you take. Did, well and those, you yeah. know what? There, there's a lot of truth in that. Will, I'm just giving you crap. But there's a lot. I, look, you went on a limb. I think they're going to play close and they might win it, but I'm not going to go oh, on that limb with you. I just think, I just Johnny think Jaguar over there likes your pick. Oh, Jack- that's a stunner. Wow. Oh, oh, talk about and- playing to your base. And then the, um, as far as the Eagles thing goes, I, I'm with you. Look, the Vikings look like the most complete team. They are a very good bet. You know, they're basically nine point favorites, except they're on the road in Philly. The one thing that concerns me a little bit is that when you saw, you know, we, we, all, we all get caught up in that, wrapped up in that, um, in, in that incredible throw by Case Keenum and, and the late game, but the Saints, in the second half, got pressure on him with their defensive line, and it really bogged down that Vikings offense. And I think that Philadelphia, against what is a better but not great Minnesota offensive line, is going to be able to get pressure on him. And if you're able to do that and you sort of turn that game into the same sort of slog that you had against Atlanta, the over-under is 38.5. That's really low. Then Philly can stay right there. They're not going to put up a ton of points. I mean, they're not going to win this game 25 to, you know, 24 to 23 or whatever it is. I mean, they're going to need to win this game by making it a slog and by kicking a field goal late. And I think they're going to do it. Um, I, I will say that betting wise for this game, uh, I'm going to buy the half point and I'm going to get Minnesota down to two and a half and I'm going to take the yeah, Vikings. That's, that's- I, 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 or I, I may just sack up and take the Vikings on the money line and, and risk a little bit. Because oh. I, could, I could see it being a one-two point win. I don't think Philly's going to win this game. Philly might cover that three-point spread. If it goes up to three-and-a-half, I think you have to play Philly. I don't think it's more than a field goal win for Minnesota. I don't but, think uh, it's back to three-and-a-half. I, I think that those half points got gobbled up pretty quick. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not opposed to buying it to three-and-a-half. If you like the Eagles, buy it to three-and-a-half, absolutely. I, I may just take the money line with Minnesota. I, I'm going to bet the Patriots in the first game. If I win that, I'll probably put my winnings on the Vikings on the money line. I just think Minnesota's the superior team, and I think they're better coached than Atlanta is, right? Because by all intents and purposes, the Falcons sure. really should have won that game last week and pissed away a couple big opportunities. And look, say what you want about Pat Shermer. I like the hire for the Giants. I think he's going to be good as Giants head coach. He's done a great job with Minnesota. When they get down in the red zone in a key spot, Pat Shermer ain't doing what Sark did last week. No. Pat Schirmer's going to call the right plays. The Vikings would score that touchdown, and the Vikings would win that game. It sucks for Philly because I think you can make the case that with Carson Wentz, this Eagles team breezes by the NFC Championship game, and I think they probably win the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. But they ain't getting there with Nick Foles. And I think that we are staring down the barrel and will. I love your gumption to pick Jaguars-Eagles. Part of me actually kind of hope it ha- hopes it happens because it would be fun. And I'll be real. I'm against the Patriots. I'm going to bet what on New England. Fun? What would be fun about a ja- what about What would be fun about Blake Bortles against Nick Foles? The, the week leading, first of all, the, the insanity of Blake Bortles playing against Nick Foles would be fun. The week leading up to – I want It'd the Jaguars. It would be fun for like 30 just, seconds. I want the, what's that? Be fun for like thirty seconds. Like you could blog about it once or twice, and then you'd be spending thirteen days. Right? It'd be fun that first Monday. Like, ha ha ha! Look what happened here. He he he! And then there's thirteen more days until they play, and you're like, dude. This Jaguars team for the week of media for like the media week would be incredible. Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell. That's true. Yeah, all of them. They all talk. Because here's your built-in storyline, and I'm not breaking the ground. Yeah, Chris Long, Lane Johnson, dog mask. The final thing for the Patriots to slay in this in this 
dynasty run is to beat a home team in the Super Bowl. Right, like, wouldn't that be perfect? Yeah, it, 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 it's like, okay, it's awesome to score like a hat trick in the World Cup, but how sick would it be to score, you know, one off a free kick, one from the run of play, and one with your head? Like, they will have, they will have beat everybody every different way possible. Like, like it's like, yeah, like, yeah. like Germany in the, like, like Germany won the World Cup, but like they didn't just win the last World Cup, like they beat Brazil 7 1 in yeah. Brazil. Uh, so I, have, I have two things that I want to ask about related to the Vikings. Um, first of all, Mike Zimmer. Is it possible that Mike Zimmer is the second best coach in the NFL right now? I, I don't. I mean, is it, where would you rank? I mean, that's a little. That's oh, a little rushing God. it up the track. He's done a great job, but that's a little fast, second don't best. you think? I mean, like we're talking about firing Mike Tomlin. He's <laughs> won forty-five games the last four years. That's, does have skins on the bad. wall, that's though. One dude talking about that. That's one guy. Eh, and right. allegedly, Tomlin has skins on the wall and want to win. I mean, come on. And, and you to, think what, what happens if they don't get the Carroll? miracle play I mean, at the end? Are you saying the same thing? I think I would. I mean, I think I would still take Pete Carroll, but um, I don't think I would put Mike Zimmer. I think Mike Zimmer would be in my top five. I might be one of the biggest Mike Zimmer fans out there, but come on, Will. The, one of the second best coach in the league right now, please. Who are your top, are your top five coaches? Steve uh, Belichick. I mean, Belichick. Tomlin. Which one? State your Belichick. Tomlin two? No, he's not two, but okay. What about Andy Reid all those years? You could just discount him? Top five for me. How about Peyton? Sean Peyton's up there. Just got beat by Mike Zimmer. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> Literally, just yeah. Got, I, mean, I think, dude, Sean Payton. I mean, I don't know if Zimmer's in my top five or not. Well, what was close. your second thing? Uh, the second thing is somebody tweeted me. Um, let me see if I can find it. It was Scott Baxter. Uh, Scott Baxter eight ten is his Twitter handle. Shout out for the good. Uh, he said, "He said I hear quote poor man's Favre in quote comparison with Keenum a lot." And he was like, "And I actually agree with this comparison." He said, "Might it be better to say he's sort of like a Jake Delone from o three to o five, and that is not an insult." Delone played in a run first offense in a time when it I actually think that's perfect. I do too. Delone had more interceptions. You're comparing him to Jake the Fake. Why are we killing the Delone was a good player. So I almost won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he was okay. I never knew there was. I knew there was Jake the Snake Plumber. There was Jake the Fake Delone. I didn't know there were. I didn't know that. Pete, were you that was my name for Panthers game, Pete? We weren't working together then. Um, Delone look. was an athletic as isn't as athletic as Keenum though. Oh, I don't no. remember Delone Sneaky doing athletic. as much outside the pocket. Like 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 I, Jake, Jake Delone drove the Panthers down the field and scored the game tying touchdown against the Patriots in that Super Bowl. The Jake Packers. Delone was yeah. the quarterback. Yeah. And then the Patriots went down Delone, and, and Penitentiary kicked that field goal. Delone was sneaky athletic. He could scramble and move around. He'd always, I mean, like he was the. I mean, he's probably. I mean, outside of Cam Newton, the best, obviously the best quarterback Steve Smith ever played with. It's pretty incredible. He had like if you look at his top years. Um, so from 03 to 05, he averaged, he threw almost 20 interceptions a year in those years. He averaged 3,500 passing yards per year, which is a lot from in 03 and 05, 24 touchdowns per year, 16, 16 interceptions completed right around 60% of his passes. I think that if you took Jake DeLome from 03 to 05 and you plugged him into a Shermer offense in 2018 or 2017, that you'd see much different numbers. He's a 59.4 completion percentage career completion percentage. It was just different now. Like everybody completes. No, look, I'm not racing. I, I, I like Case Keenum more than others. I'll tell you that right now. But I, I'm, come on. 
All right. So that that wraps up uh, Championship Sunday edition of the Pick 6 Podcast. Reiterate the picks. Jason and yours truly both like the Pats and Vikes to cover. Pete has the Jaguars and Vikings. Will Brinson out on a limb with the Jaguars. But Will likes the Jaguars and Eagles to win outright, setting up the worst Super Bowl matchup. I picked the Jaguars. Look at me if they win. I picked the Jaguars. Look at me. also picked the Jaguars. To cover. You picked them to win outright. There's there's actually three of us on the website that have the Jaguars picked to win. I was surprised. I thought it'd be so go go log on to uh, iTunes. Leave us that five star review because you love us because we're awesome. For Will Brits and Jason Luck and for and P. Prisco, I'm Nick Costos. We will talk to you on Championship Sunday after the games.